Hello, this is Pastor Rick Bowen, and you're listening to The Prophetic Angle right here on your podcast platform. Thank you for tuning in today. I want to encourage you to share this with those that you think might be interested, and please listen to my other podcast episodes at your earliest opportunity. Now, today I want to do something a little unique. I now we'll probably make two episodes out of this. Um, I want to talk to you about Trump's speech at CPAC yesterday. But before I say anything about it, I want to introduce it with a scripture found in the book of Isaiah chapter 58. Now you may think that this is a strange way for me to introduce a topic about a political conference where President Trump returns out of, can I say, hiding and begins to make his presence known and his weight known once again in a very, very loud manner, in a very effective manner too, I might say. And I know it's very easy when someone has a name that is convenient to use as a play on words for people to do that. It's probably been done by hundreds, if not thousands of people already. I know I've done it more than once. And it may seem trite and a little overdone, but it really works well in this case for many reasons. So I have to go back to Isaiah chapter 58. Notice what it says in verse 1. In the ESV, cry aloud, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgression, to the house of Jacob their sins. Okay, I just want to stop right there because this whole chapter is a study that is so relevant today with where we are in this interim period between presidents. Now, <laughs> somebody said, well, wait a minute, Pastor Rick. We, we do have a president. Don't you remember Joe Biden? Well, I'm not calling him president just yet um, for obvious reasons that I won't go into because it would take the rest of the podcast. And maybe I'll lose some of you right here. I hope not. I hope you just stay with me because President Trump was elected the first time and then he was elected again the second time legitimately but I am strong of the strong persuasion that the election was stolen. And I won't belabor that point. I have other videos for that. And there's other people out there with all the statistics. And I think they're very credible people. And I think logic will tell you that something, at the very least, is amiss with what has just recently occurred. But let's just go back to Donald John Trump and his name, Trump. And notice how loud he is. Notice when he came back, and I was watching the speech, I had to miss the last part of it because of a prayer meeting, which is very important, even more important, in fact. But I saw most of the speech, and I noticed him really hit his stride about halfway through the speech. Now, I'm not saying that he wasn't saying good things in the first part of the speech. And did you notice how... People were so excited to have him back, completely the antithesis of what we're seeing with Joe Biden, 
no matter what Joe Biden does, there's no excitement there. There's no excitement. There's no crowds that are gathering. And the crowd outside of CPAC was probably bigger than the crowd inside of that ballroom there in Orlando, Florida, um, waiting for the president. People all over Twitter and the other social media were talking about it and prepping for it and anxious to hear him speak again, uh, a breath of fresh air. He was late to the podium, and maybe that made the anticipation even more intense. But when he came to the podium and addressed all the things that had occurred since the so-called inauguration that had taken place on January the 20th, Uh, This month that Joe Biden has been the administrator has been tragic. It has been a travesty. It has been cataclysmic and tumultuous. And with his hands on pens signing executive orders that are just placed before him willy-nilly, then it's only going to get worse if that's allowed to continue. In fact, we don't even believe that he really realizes completely what he's doing. It's a shame. It's a sham. But President Trump took it apart piece by piece, line by line, and addressed each topic. And as he went through the speech, he gained his stride, and the momentum increased, and it was just, it was a monumental speech. And he took to task like a trumpet. He lifted his voice, he cried aloud, and he did not spare. Now, I'm not saying President Trump is Isaiah. I'm not saying that he's a prophet. I believe he is prophetic in that he was prophesied to have come to this day for such a time as this. And I believe that he does have a faith in God and he does believe in America. Obviously, I've already qualified that sometimes he says things I wish he didn't say the way he said it. But when it comes to political correctness, he is not afraid to lift his voice like a trumpet. And if he perceives of something as being an injustice against America or against the people of this great nation or even against those of the Christian faith, he doesn't mind saying so. I like the term he used of the Democratic Party, the lunacy of the Democratic Party. And by the way, there's some corrupt Republicans as well. Don't forget that. But he cried aloud. He did not hold back. He lifted up his voice like a trumpet. Now, somebody might say, well, Pastor Rick, what does that mean? Does that mean that we're to expect him to run for president in 2024? Well, he did hint that that was a possibility. Um, somebody might also say, because if you're one of those that put your antennas up and get certain sound waves off of the um, internet, so to speak, you're hearing different trajectories of thought, hypotheticals, conjecture, even conspiracy theories that seem to have some credibility and make some sense, or at least they do for a time, especially for those that hope that certain things happen at a particular time, in a particular way, and for a particular reason. And so for that reason, you may be asking me the question, well, if he is not going to run in 2024, is he going to shortly 
re-emerge as the legitimate president of the United States. What? You mean in the next few weeks, in the next month or two? Well, that's a question that needs to be answered, and I can't give you a 100% answer that that is the case. There are those that believe that that will happen. I believe it could happen. Somebody said, well, it would be unprecedented. Yeah, I think it would be, but that doesn't mean it's not possible. Of course, we know with God all things are possible. But somebody said, well, well, how could it happen? Well, there's been a number of things that have been described uh, over the past several months since November the 3rd when the election went the way it did, or since November the 4th, actually, when the election went the way it did because the election was supposed to have taken place on November the 3rd. And that's another thing he said that I really liked yesterday when he said that there should be election reform and there should be one election day. When he got through describing how an election ought to take place, if elections were to take place that way and if it was enforced, I believe the American people one more time could have faith or confidence maybe is a better word, in their election process. Right now, there's too many people that are cynical, and for many legitimate reasons, millions, tens of millions, perhaps a 100 million people are legitimately concerned about the election process and whether or not it is even possible to know for sure if someone you vote for was legitimately elected and placed in a particular office, and especially the presidency. So I'm glad that he addressed that. I'm glad that he addressed the H.R. 5 bill that recently passed the House of Representatives. And by the way, uh, even though it did pass the House of Representatives, you know they passed that bill before, and it passed with a greater majority in the past than it did this time. It still passed with the majority with all the Democrats, to my knowledge, voting for it, and three Republicans voting for it, but the margin of its passing was much, much narrower. Now, the last time it passed, and I'm kind of getting off on a different topic here really quickly, but the last time it passed Mitch McConnell was over the Senate at the time. He would not allow it to come to a vote in the Senate. Well, now it's Chuck Schumer, and he's said he's going to allow it to come to a vote, and Joe Biden said that he would sign it if it got to his desk. But to my knowledge, I don't know that they're going to be able to get 60 votes uh, in order to avoid the uh, filibuster. So that being the case... Get up, you know, call your senator and let's let's make sure we get this thing stopped in the Senate um, this time. Even though it was stopped really before it got to the Senate last time, let's make sure we get it stopped in the Senate this time so that it doesn't get any further. God thwart this bill in the name of Jesus. So anyway, he addressed the lunacy and the unrighteousness of this bill as well. Donald Trump did. And I won't go into what the bill is about. Many of you already know that. But I was glad to see him declare to the people their transgressions and to the house of Jacob their sins, which in this case, the house of America, their sins. Because 
somebody needs to stand up that can be heard. And believe me, he was heard. Now, he will be picked apart by the liberals, by the Democrats, by the leftists, by the socialists, by the communists, by the corrupticans, by the rhinos, by the news media, by the hellions, by the demonized people, by the Satanists, by the Luciferians. He will be picked apart, but God is greater than all that I have just enumerated. So this is the end of this first part, Trump at CPAC. The second part is going to be a little more about Isaiah chapter 58 in its entirety and where we are and where we stand in the United States of America in this time. But I was certainly glad to see President Trump back out of the obscured place of Mar Largo and off the golf course and in the public eye. And let me just say this one last thing. I've watched presidents all my life come and go, and they do age when they're in office. I do, they do age when they're in office. And I realize that President Trump, Trump to this point has only had one term. So I might point that out. Uh, but I will also point out, he, he's what? What is he, around 75, 74, 75? Um, I will point out that he doesn't seem to have aged nearly as fast or as much as some of his predecessors. Now, does that say anything? Well, we know he doesn't drink. We know he doesn't smoke. We know he doesn't take drugs. We know he hasn't. Maybe he overeats a little bit, and a lot of Americans need to watch that, quite frankly. But uh, he seems to take good care of himself in the sense of not having those vices I just mentioned. And so maybe that has something to do with it. I think, I think it would. I really think it should and can and does. But maybe it also says that the Lord is keeping him for another opportunity, whether it's shortly or just a few years down the road. I know this. He's promised to come out and campaign for those Republican candidates that have his doctrine, if I can use that word, that have his values, America first, that are not globalist, that believe that we are a constitutional republic. He has insinuated and implied that he's going to come out and he's going to campaign hard for those that come up for election in the midterms. And he's going to primary against those that are not for the values that we believe that we should have as Americans. And that's good. So speaking of lifting your voice like a trumpet, I believe he did yesterday. Hope you enjoyed this. And I'm going to make another podcast shortly with the rest of Isaiah 58. I do like to take time to apply at least in some ways, the scripture and the concepts and precepts and values to where we are today so we can have a real view of how we fit into God's plan, history, his eschatology, and what our role is and how we should interpret or assess the happenings that are going on, even in the realm of politics. And since we just came out of Purim, 
Remember, Esther became queen. Mordecai became second in command, only to, to King Ahasuerus. Uh, so you talk about politics. You just look through the Bible, and you'll see that they, God's people were all, most always uh, involved in some way in influencing the political process of the day. Sometimes they were a burr in the saddle, but many times, like in the case of Joseph, like in the case of Nehemiah, uh, they were right up there in the palace, in the throne room, making their wishes known, making their desires known. All right, this is the end of part one of Trump at CPAC.